As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Sith Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast whose award statue would likely just be a golden shovel, it's Sith Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every weekend or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Whoa! I'm Aaron Dicer, and he's my lovely and always fascinating co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And this week... It's the Movie Awards! <laughs> it is the end of the year. Movie Awards. Uh, if you don't know, we do our TV awards uh, more in the fall. And then we save the end of the year to talk about the best movies of the year and several other categories. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to run through the categories? I actually have something I want to talk about before we get into the awards. But let me run through the categories first. So kind of prep you on what we're going to get into. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, about the best movies of the year. We'll talk about the best performances of the year. Uh, we'll talk about our biggest surprise of the year, our biggest letdown of the year, uh, the most overrated and the most underrated. Although I like to say those more as the ones that I didn't get that others did and the ones that others got that I didn't get. Sure. You know, yeah. kind of take the judgment out of it a little bit. Uh, and then our favorite movie moment, which is usually my favorite category. I love thinking about those moments where you're sitting in a movie theater and just, you know, something incredible or amazing happens before you. That's really one of my favorite things to talk about. And then we will give the sifty for the sift pop movie of the year. Ooh, all of your votes for all of our gurus and mm-hmm. friends are in. Going to let you know who that big time winner of the year is. Uh, we have 20 current gurus for sift pop. Uh, if you'd like a list of them, I tweeted a lot of them uh, out at my Twitter. Uh, we're also in the process right now of creating the new website. There'll be a webpage that you'll be able to see who the gurus are, what their specialties are, those kind of things. Uh, so you can connect to them more uh, and hopefully be seeing more from them in the new year. Um, but all 20 of them got their picks in. Oh, this that's year. so cool. So I was, I was super pleased with that. 
Uh, so this is this truly is, and I love this process, and I'll probably talk about it a little more when we get there. But I love doing the math on this because seeing everybody's different choices and how they move movies up and down the list is really fascinating and interesting to me. Uh, and I'll talk a little more about that when we kind of go over the scoring system. I was about to say, is um, the algorithm like their number one pick got 15 points or something like that? And yes, their second yes, point? yeah. Well, and we'll talk. Yeah, and we'll go more into specifics when we get there. Uh, before we get into handing out our sifties, uh-huh. uh, I wanted to talk about Bandersnatch. Did you get a chance to see it? Well, it was going to be my buried treasure, but okay. Well, we're not doing a buried treasure. On this episode, well, it was going to be Bandersnatch. So, well, there we go. We'll just do it up front. We'll both do Bandersnatch for our buried treasure right up front. How was your movie? (laughs) Uh, I loved my experience. My experience was about four hours, four and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. Um, When I when I experience something like this, I like to know everything. So, you know, one of the things I loved about this, and I'll just start here. um, I love the mechanics of this. I thought the execution on the choose your own adventure movie. What did you watch it on? Um, I watched it on TV. Okay, oh, on an app on a on my TV app. Okay, my on my Netflix TV app. All right. Um, that's interesting. I didn't think about watching it on other platforms. I watched it on my phone. Interesting. I wonder how yours was different. Well, because you know, like the buttons and stuff. That's why I was curious how the TV viewing. Like, yeah. I guess you just used your remote. Yeah, yeah. You just used the remote. There was a touch screen thing for oh, phones and tablets up. and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So. Uh, th- I guess before I go any further, I will say, I get, let's be as spoiler-free about the actual content of Bandersnatch as possible, although it does steal some of the interesting things worth talking about. You can give a generalized, like a broad sense right. of like what it's right. about. Right, yeah. but let's you know, tiptoe around it a little bit. But the mechanics on my experience with the remote were flawless. And what I mean by that is I was thinking it would be more clunky like i've experienced in older computer games or whatever where there's a you know a pause screen while you pick what you want to pick and then it's obvious it's loading that up and going this just flowed super smooth flowed it's super smooth genius idea of giving you 10 seconds Mm -hmm. to make your choice and during that 10 seconds stuff is happening in the movie that makes sense about you know you making your choice yeah and because the movie is already suspenseful and mysterious that doesn't affect the pace you know, really hardly at all. Um, and so I thought that was so smooth. Once you've made your choice, it just flows right into it. It feels like the movie never stops. Yeah. Um, I, I I found the mechanics of what was going on here and the way when you came to like an end point of a story that we would, it would offer you a way back in at different points. I thought yeah. that was really smart. Um, I think it's genius that they did this. I'm going to call it a gimmick here. Um, because I think it, it when something when technology is new, it is kind of a gimmick. Um, but hopefully, it transitions into a storytelling tool. And what I'm going to say is, they used it as a tool here because the story is about the gimmick. Yeah, it's about the process of choose your own adventure. It's about free will and what it means to make choices and what technology does with our choices. There is meta stuff going on here, irony stuff going on here. Uh, you know, literal stuff without giving it away that when it happens, and you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about if if you went this direction, literally when it happens, I got a jolt of adrenaline. Like there's a moment in here that uses the mechanic so well that I was like, oh my goodness, this is new. This is interesting. This is This is a type of storytelling that just a pure passive movie experience cannot be. 
Yeah. And um, man, I love that. That's gonna that's gonna hit me in all the right places. I kept looking at it as a proof of concept. Yes. And for me, that it definitely works. Yes. So I'm interesting, hoping that this is not going to be overused because this is something that is really, I think, only going to be serviced in small quantities as opposed to flooding the market with it. Well, and it's what I, and the gimmick part is what I get nervous about, yeah. right? There, but it worked in this case. It did work, and again, it's because they used it as part of the story, and they yeah. used the gimmick to tell the story better. It's, all, it's what I say about 3D movies all the time. The reason the market got flooded and people were like, I don't like 3D, is because the movies weren't using 3D to tell the story. They were just using it as a gimmick. Whoa, look at things coming at you. Whoa. Yeah. Instead of actually using it. I mean, movies are getting better at it. Um, one movie I think of is Doctor Strange, actually. I saw Doctor Strange in uh, 3D IMAX. Uh, laser, I think, actually. Doctor Strange uses the 3D in that movie for storytelling effect. Yeah. And in that to me is the difference between, you know, doing a gimmick and using a tool. And so that's that's what I worry about is that the next the next two, three years, five years of this are just gonna be so gimmicky and it's just gonna be put on top of dumb stories that don't mean anything that you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I, I I have yet to decide if this is just a special case where it works like this and it's going to be harder to make future things work like this or if it's something that can really be an active entertainment experience. Did it feel like Black Mirror to you? Yes. Yeah, I did. I thought so. Well, parts of it. Uh, normally, whenever... I don't Maybe this is spoilerish, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. Okay. Most Black Mirror is uh, close or near future. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is in the past. Yeah. The only, in fact, the only Black Mirror that is set in the past is one that technically isn't the past, which yeah. is San Junipero, yeah. which is set in the same time frame, actually. And there were some interesting winks and nods to Black Mirror stuff in this, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, Metalhead yeah, there's, and stuff that, like that. There's some obvious ones like that, and then some not obvious ones. Um, I I don't think this is a spoiler just because it's kind of an Easter egg. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which I guess could be a spoiler. I'm going to say it anyway. So just jump ahead 15 seconds if you <laughs> don't want to hear it. Um, the hospital that he went to was the same hospital from San Junipero. Yep. Uh, and that that kind of stuff like that that puts it all in the same world is fascinating to me. I thought the performances were great. Um, Will Poulter, I loved. Uh, he, he was an interesting character, that's for sure. Yeah, the Colin character. Yeah. There's a balcony scene between them that is, you know, another one of those jolts of adrenaline moments. Well, there's where a couple like... of balcony scenes, depending on... <laughs> Yes. It's crazy. It's like, I want to ask you questions about like what happened in your stories, you know? Okay, so here's a question for you. We can, you know, do you want to throw a Sif spoil up this week for Snatch? I'm okay with that. Let's do that. Let's hold this conversation here. Just say that we both really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, I think it's well worth an experience. Uh, and I, you know, I think it was a great experience for me. And like I said, I was experiencing it for over four hours. I think I got two hours in. Yeah. And then the final final credits rolled yeah so i guess i can go back and start over well that's what i did okay i i did i i really actually explored almost everything before the final final credits rolled um and i don't know if that's just because uh, of the way it happened to work with me or because my personality type is more subconsciously trying to pick things that may have an a different kind of ending i don't know but um 
Well, you know, you you go down one rabbit hole, and then like once you finish that one, it'll give you a branch to like, okay, you can go back, start from right, here. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did that as much as I could. Yeah, me too. And then uh, the final credits rolled. Yeah, let's talk more about that in a, in a sift sure. Oil. Um, but just we'll stop here and just say uh, it's it was a great experience. And yeah. I don't know if it. I I did sense there were times I was like, oh, entertainment just changed. You know, like I got that sense. Oh, this is definitely game changing. Yeah, I mean, don't don't get us wrong. You know, choose your own adventure has been around for a very long time. Not like this though, but not in this format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, a revitalization of it. it. It's interesting. It's interesting. And like I said, I got that feeling at some points. It wasn't like I came away from it going, "Oh, the world has changed." It was just there were moments in it where I'm like, "Oh, I see the promise." Yeah, I see this. Yeah, I can see this. So, yeah, let's do a sift spoil on it uh, afterwards. Um, before we head into the awards, just a reminder, you can be a member of Sif Pop uh, at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Pop. Starts at three bucks a month. And first of all, thank you for doing that. It helps us continue to do what we do here. Uh, and you get some cool, fun perks with that, including a bonus episode for every week that will show up in your own personal um, podcast feed. This week, we talked about... Uh, well, I gave uh, Andrew his Christmas gifts and they are for this year. Extraordinary. And then uh, Andrew chatted a little bit about a, a story involving a gas station. And we told gas station stories for a little bit. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Uh, so you can check that out uh, if you are a member. Again, check it out at patreon.com slash Pop because patrons get those perks. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the 2018 Sifties. Woo! Uh, the Sip Pop Movie Awards is something we do every year. We've done it several years. Uh, we're going to go through the categories, and we will kind of go uh, up. So we'll start with movie moment, then go underrated, overrated, biggest letdown, biggest surprise, performances, movie. Okay? okay. How this is going to work during this initial stage is Andrew and I have each picked a Sifty Award winner in each category, but we also have others we can talk about as nominees for us. So we'll each have our own kind of set of nominees and winner in each of these categories. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. All right. And then after that, of course, we'll do the ultimate Sif Pop Movie Award. But let's kick it off by talking about Best Moment in Film 2018. Uh, let's talk about some of our nominees. Uh, Andrew, why don't you throw one out first? Uh, this is going to come from Mission Impossible Fallout. I'm going to go with the Paris Chase. Yeah. Oh, what an exciting the, moment. That's the one that ends where he does the, like, falls into the underground. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. It's just so heart-pumping, adrenaline, amazing. You can see so much of Cruz just, it doesn't matter how old the guy gets, he can still do his own stunts. And, you know, that was the big takeaway from a lot of people for this movie. Yeah. It's just how crazy the man is no that's a good one and, and allow me to clarify just so i make sure we're on the same page we're going to give all of our nominees and then out of those nominees pick the winner so it's not like we're saving our winner for our last one kind of thing does that make sense sure okay all right um uh, one of my nominees is the oh no he died moment in uh game night um <laughs> i 
Like, it's just, when I was trying to think about those moments in movie theaters that just nailed me in one way or another. Oh, no, he died. That is the, such a great line delivery. I actually probably would put it as like a, a twofer with the getting the bullet out moment. Getting game, the bullet out moment my, is my favorite moment from From that. Game Night. So, I don't know if that's fair <sighs> to combine them together, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really pick one over the other because they're both such great moments. So, uh, that's my first nomination. Uh, what's your second nomination? I'm going to go with Thanos throwing a freaking moon <laughs> in Infinity War. Oh man, yeah, that was that was a moment for sure. It, it took that uh, specifically because I wanted to pick movie moments one out of our three, <laughs> one for a movie only, or one out of a movie. Like, yeah, because I I could technically just go movie moments and all of them be from Infinity War. You know, it'd be right, easy yeah. enough to do. Well, I, I did have one for in my nominations from Infinity War as well. I just did the snap as as one of the you know my movie <sighs> moments. So. Yeah. And by the way, we'll try to name these kind of things so that you know they're not necessarily spoilery by themselves, but that you've yeah. What I'm trying heard. to do is like give the movie first and then the moment. So like, yeah. You can have your finger on that skip ahead button. <laughs> but if you haven't seen Infinity War by now, then that's on you. You know? I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I, I'm I'm willing to say uh six months, you know, today is I think a decent amount of time to give people Yeah. Um I know there are people who still can't, and so we'll always be respectful of that. But uh but yeah, I think it's you know I think yeah. that's a, a decent amount. If to you're do. listening to the podcast called Movie Awards and you're surprised <laughs> that we're going to. That's true. Yeah. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah. Uh, I'll also throw out there um, Stretchy Bike in Incredibles. That was my other one. Oh, nice. Yep. That was my other one. Um, so I just called it the train chase with Elastic Girl. And I couldn't help but include the moon landing from uh, First Man. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Um. And I, you said your third, so we've hit all all of yours. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Shallows. Uh, was, that was another movie moment for me this year. Um, Have you listened to that song out of like context of the movie? Sure. It's not as powerful. <laughs> no, it's a movie moment for sure. Yeah. It's not just a song moment. It is a movie moment with what's going on, her reaction, everything that happens there. Um, it's such a big movie moment that it almost impacts the movie. Well, it does impact the movie negatively for me because we don't get there again. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that movie. So, um, so yeah, stars born the shallows. And then my last nomination was, um, from, uh, blind spotting. Uh, and it's the confrontation rap that happens in blind spotting. If you've seen that movie. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so those are mine and let's give our sifty. What is your sifty for best movie moment of the year? Throwing a moon. Andrew goes with throwing the moon. I am going with landing on, on the, the moon. moon. Yeah. So it's a moon. It's nice. We got a lot of moon, moon things going on. Moon V moment. It's uh, a moon V moment. Uh yeah. I I like both of those choices actually. Yeah. Um I think one is that sheer adrenaline movie moment, and the the other is just that big emotion, yeah, you know, release movie moment. I think what Chazelle does both with the IMAX in that moment, with the music in that moment, with what happens with the cameras. It's, you know, he has been... The the movie, uh, some people didn't like because it was all, you know, closed in and, and you know, it's very... Very claustrophobic. Claustrophobic intentionally and then just 
boom. Oh, that's like... The release. See, that's the moment for me in the movie, is not the actual landing on the moment. It's the opening of the hatch to That's the what moment. I mean. That's what okay. I mean. That's I the thought, moment I'm talking about. I thought yeah. you meant like the uh, the actual approach to landing I mean, on the moon. that's great, but yeah. I'm talking about opening the hatch yeah. to the moon. That's what that's I'm talking about. Because that's my favorite part from the movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's the moment I'm talking about. That okay. Is, that, that gets my sifty for moment of the year. Good pick. Uh, in the chat, uh, moments mentioned uh, the Raccoon Jack-Jack fight that, that, in Incredibles 2. That's Great so moment. fun. And, uh, it's we, easily the f- biggest laugh in the movie, I think. And the bullet scene also mentioned in there as well um, in the chat, which we talked about too. So. Oh, no, he died. Oh, no, he died. <laughs> So great. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the most underrated movie of the year. In other words, the movie that you got, but not everybody else did. Yeah. Um, so what are your nominees for this? I'm going to go with uh, Mowgli, the Netflix Jungle Book movie. I think that's a great choice. I may have put, I actually just finished that today. I was watching that before we recorded today. It's actually the last movie of the year that I will put on my um, you know, my movie scene for this year list and yeah. cause I, I'm not going to have any time uh, in the next couple of days, but, um, but yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, I had heard from you and some others that it was, you know, better than people expected, but I was really impressed. Yeah. I, I liked Favreau's jungle book by the way, but this is better. I think this is what I, I think I said during my initial review. This is now officially my favorite telling of the jungle book. I, it's it's so beautiful and emotional and all the animal stuff works. Yeah. Um, I, I was, think it's a great choice. I was listening. This is funny because last night I was uh, watching uh, Andy Serkis talk about making this movie and how he said, I'm known for, you know, cre- er, creating characters that are so realistic looking like, you know, Gollum or you know, Caesar, you know. He said that he was afraid people wouldn't understand why he didn't make the animals look photorealistic, and it's because you yeah. can't project facial expressions and emotions. Right. So it was just a really fascinating interview with him. He he is talented. That dude yeah. is talented. Did you see Breathe, his first directorial? I didn't. But it's I... good. It's really good. He knows how to tell a story. He yeah. really does, and um, I'm excited to see what he does. I hope the kind of... Uh, tepid reaction to his first two movies doesn't keep him from directing more yeah because i i really think this that he's done some good work so yeah uh that's your first nominee What'd i you got? i am just realizing by the way and i apologize i'm just realizing i picked five nominees and you picked three. Oh, he's in the uh i know that's yeah. on me that's my fault. I think when I was doing it, I was gonna I was gonna pick five and then narrow down to three, and I totally forgot. So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that on the fly and nice. just and just say three. Okay. Um, if you want, I can throw out the other two at the beginning and then just say the three official nominees. Okay. How do you feel about that? Yeah. All right. Here's the other two for my. Um, I got it, but other people didn't seem to. Were uh, was Den of Thieves? I think is an underrated film. It's really good. And uh, Bad Times at the El Royale is an underrated film. Uh, my only pushback on those is maybe just because the people I've talked to really loved both of those movies. Yeah, so, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes and none of them were like through the roof. Yeah. Um, Den of Thieves, I can kind of get because people can just bash it for saying that it's a modern telling of heat. You yeah. Know? But that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here are my official nominees. Okay, so num- what's your first nominee? Then? My first nominee is Blind Spotting. 
Okay. Uh, I don't think this movie is getting near enough attention. Um, it's actually rated fairly well by critics, so it's not underrated necessarily in that way. It's underrated in a way that I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I don't see a lot of nominations for it anywhere. It is a phenomenal film, and I think it deserves more. So that's why I kind of put it in the, the underrated. Underseen. Movie. Yeah, under, yeah, underseen would probably be a better way to say that. Okay. Uh, what else you got? Aquaman. Oh, oh come wait, on. Wait, are we in underrated movies? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're in underrated movies. <laughs> Because of people like you, who hated this movie. <laughs> oh, hate's a strong word. I did not. I, this movie was okay. I did not hate it, but it's it's definitely not great. I, I actually think most people like this. I think I'm in the minority on this. Oh, really? Yeah, I really do. Okay, well, then maybe I've just been talking to too many dicers. <laughs> That's what's going on here. It could be. Because, yeah, it's like, obviously I don't hold it up to Wonder Woman as far as caliber of DC. Yeah. EU movies. Okay. But it's number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, one of my other uh, nominees for underrated is Tully. Um, I don't hear enough conversation about that. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. <laughs> but that's, is, why that's why it's in the category. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. I think Charlize is incredible in it. Um, She's good. Yeah. And I overall loved what they did with the story and kind of how... Uh, the resolution happens and all the stuff leading up to it. So that's uh, my second. What's your third nominee? Love Simon. Yeah, I wondered if he'd pick that for underrated. Yep. No, I just didn't hear too much about people seeing this movie, and I think I liked it a lot more than you did. Um, that's true. But, but man, I liked this, it though. I liked it. Oh, I wasn't trying to say you didn't yeah. like it, but no, I was like. I'm in love with this movie. I yeah. think it's, no pun intended, but I think that it's really fascinating. I think it's a very interesting way of telling a story. And, you know, it's just a very touching, emotional movie. Yeah. And I really wish people would get around to seeing it. Um, yeah, I can get on board with that. My last underrated may not actually be underrated anymore. There's a second wave of people who are saying, come on, guys, this movie is amazing. And it's first man. Uh, you know, it just kind of came and went. It was a complete flop at the box office. Uh, and people just kind of were, meh, whatever. Uh, there is this nice kind of reverse backlash happening with it right now, though, where people, uh, you know, especially critics who loved it are like, give this another chance. Like, Chazelle is doing some masterpiece work here. So, um, so yeah, even though it's a great movie and a lot of people know it's a great movie, it's still kind of underrated in my opinion. So yeah, that would be my other nominee. All right. Who gets the sifty? Your most underrated movie of the year is love Simon. Mine's blind spotting. Good call. Yeah. So there we go. Love Simon and blind spotting. Uh, get the sifties in underrated. Uh, let's talk about overrated. <laughs> our our own personal Razzies. Yes. In in really again, this is more ones that everybody else got, but for whatever reason, we just didn't. Yeah. So uh, I'll throw out the two that are not going to be mentioned as my official nominees: uh, Vox Lux, uh, and uh, people are gonna hate me for this. Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hereditary is so overrated, but well, I'll just throw just that. Out, I'll just throw that out as my number three because it is okay. in my actual three. So we're we're both saying Hereditary is. I hate that movie. Uh, I hate I don't that movie so much, and the more people say they love it, makes me hate it more. And I know I, I know that's not how it's supposed to work. I, it doesn't. But maybe it's just more. I get frustrated. Like, what do you see? That's it. 
that is it. That is the frustrating part about really disliking something that other people love. Yeah. Is you feel like you're missing something. Yeah. You, you feel like, somebody please explain to me. And, and when people do, it's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I, I that is it. That is the pain of the frustration that builds is how how does everybody else get this? Yeah. And I'm missing out. Now, in this room... We're the majority. Yeah. 100% horribleness on hereditary. Uh, we both thought it was overrated. So, okay. My number, uh, not number three, but one of my, sure. one of my nominees is Blockers. Um, man, did people love this comedy? Man, did people think John Cena was great in it? And I don't get either of those things no, uh, I didn't in, like it. in this movie. So, um, I don't understand the love for Blockers. Yeah. Uh, what else do you nominate? Ready Player One. Yeah. But I didn't know there was a lot of love for Ready Player One. I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't, I don't, you know, love it. The more I watch it, the more I realize it's not good. Yeah. I love the book. And maybe that's what it is. It could be. I just, I love the book so much. It's one of my favorite books ever. And the movie just was a dumbing down of such a masterpiece of pop culture. Okay. So I've never read the book. Sure. Um, I was pretty mediocre to, it was okay. You know, first time seeing it, I, it's actually gained on me. Um, the more I've seen, I've seen three times now. And that's uh, what I'm hearing people. is people are like, they keep rewatching it and they're like, you know what? I actually kind of like that movie. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like it more each time. I still don't love it. There's yeah. still a lot of flaws that I see. You know what it is? I think sometimes the more you watch something, you already know the flaws. So they're not distracting you as much, right? Yeah. You, you don't get caught up on them. And so when you're not getting caught up on the flaws, you're, you know, the good stuff is allowed to shine through a little bit more. And the stuff you enjoyed, you get to enjoy it again where you're not distracted, but at least... As an optimistic personality, <laughs> that's that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what happened with Ready Player One is I know there are flaws there, but I already know the flaws. So they're not going to bother me this time because I'm just watching to see the stuff I like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I understand that. Another nominee for me uh, was Mandy. It was another nominee for me. I know I people had, are going to hate that choice as well. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely, uh, in my opinion, I, another one. I don't understand what people love about that movie. I, I love it for a different reason than a lot of people love that movie. A lot of people think it's a really good movie. Yeah, I don't get that part. I get the insanity of Nick Cage. I, I, get I like that. it for the insanity of the Nick Cage. Yeah, you know? I can understand that. It doesn't it doesn't do it for me, but I, I can understand that. Yeah. I don't understand the Mandy is a brilliant film, you know, idea. I just don't get that yet. Nobody's explained that to me uh in a way that I can comprehend. Um, did you have any more? Or did you name your three nominees? Uh, I have one more. Okay. Ralph wrecks the internet. Oh, that hurts. I like that movie a lot. Well, here's why. It's not because of the whole, man, what is wrong with your internet, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, don't get me wrong whenever I say well, that it's, I didn't like the movie because I did like the movie, but I'm hearing people say like animated feature of the year, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, that, it's, it's and, getting nominated for that, yeah. And that's where I'm holding overrated. Makes sense. By the way, it's it's. I don't know why you're blaming me. You just dissed Ralph breaks the internet, and the internet broke. Like, what do you think is going on, Andrew? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Ralph is in there. Yes, he is breaking your internet. Um, my third nominee is a movie called At Eternity's Gate. Now, 
That sounds very familiar. William Defoe plays uh, who's the painter? Oh, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I really wanted to see that movie. It's awful. Oh I, no! It is. It is the okay. I I should. It was awful to me. Um, it is the movie this year that I just watched. My wife and I watch a lot of these together as I'm screening them, and there's always one each year where we're both just like, "How in the world are people watching this and going?" I want to keep watching this. I wanted to turn that thing off 15 minutes in. It's boring. It's dull. I've seen enough about Van Gogh. I already know his story. William Defoe's performance is fine, I guess, but it's, you know, like there's nothing special going on. Um, there's always one movie every year that I'm like, oh, this must be what, you know, the arty people love just because it's or something i just i don't get what invests me into the, like what i'm supposed to enjoy watching sure about that story so i want you to watch it i'm not saying don't watch it even if you're excited about it i want you to see it and i i want to know because it's quite possible i was just having a bad moment i was just having a bad couple hours and willem dafoe and van gogh you know bore the brunt of it so but that you know that is uh, one i don't understand all the love for yeah and the sifty goes to Hereditary. Hate that movie. <laughs> but people love it. Yeah, it's a solid choice. Uh, I'm going with that Eternity's Gate uh, for my most overrated of the year. Uh, let's move on to another negative category. Yep. Biggest letdown of the year. Something you were expecting a lot from and it just didn't quite deliver. I'll go ahead and throw out the two that won't be my official nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mute. Uh, the Netflix movie Mute. Yeah. Uh, I was really thinking it would be a lot of fun and was really awful. And Deadpool 2 was a real disappointment to me as well. So, Aww. And I'm, I'm in the minority on that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, so um, as far as official nominees, I'll start this time. Okay. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's Yeah. Okay. I'm right there with you. It's I in my it's, top three. So I, I We both are actually uh, big Jurassic World defenders. Yes. You know, the experience of watching that movie was fun. I like the characters. Uh, all that kind of stuff, and this one was just so off the mark in yeah. so many ways. Characters were still kind of fun when they were allowed to be. Dinosaurs are still cool to look at, but the movie didn't understand what it didn't feel like. It understood what we like about Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, it. Uh, the The biggest complaint I had with Fallen Kingdom is the fact that humanity reached a level of dumb that it had not reached in the movies prior. Mm -hmm. Like, the choices they were making in this movie were choices no sane person would make, you know? And yeah, it just exactly. made... It turned them into dinosaur fodder as opposed to, you know, wanting to see if the knowledge of man could out outsmart the primal instincts of dinosaurs, you know? Yeah. It just ruined that whole experience. That's what's so good about the first Jurassic Park movie. Mm. Uh, all right. Throw out another one of yours. Hereditary. Because <laughs> you were expecting a lot. See, that's not a letdown for me because I wasn't expecting to enjoy it at all. Yeah. But that might also be because I didn't see it until after I had heard from you so many and, bad. and so many others who said, hey, you're not going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. Well, you know, it was hyped up to be, you know, the number one uh, horror film ever, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, okay. And the trailer looks cool and all that goodness, but... <sighs> what a letdown. Uh, I have The Predator on this list as well. Um, that was so bad. Uh, it is really bad. And I was I was hopeful with Shane Black and his sense of humor and 
to bring back the property and his involvement with the original. And just, I figured he'd have a, you know, huge respect for it. And he probably does, but just the direction he went was not something I was interested in at all. Yeah. So that's another one of mine. Yeah. Um, another one of yours? Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that one. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. What a horrible, horrible movie. Oh. And, and it's, it crazy. And it's okay, so do you, painful do you, because the concept is so good. If yeah. you make that movie right, I think it honors the Cloverfield world in a huge way, but it's just also cobbled together. Do you like the first Cloverfield I really do, yeah. I do too, a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously not to the level of like 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, that's gr- a great movie. Yeah, but this is just so bad. And I was let down. It was, here's why. It was a insane roller coaster because during a uh, Super Bowl, trailer drops. It's coming out tonight. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. So immediately your hype for it is at an all-time high. Which is great. If and you can then deliver, it's immediately shot down by how uh, bad that movie is. So bad. Yeah. Uh, you will absolutely hate my last biggest letdown. Okay. I apologize in advance to the the other human. I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I I wanted that movie to be so great, and I just didn't like it. I just I didn't like. It. I know it's one of your favorite movies of the year. Yeah. But I just I <laughs> there there are some things I do like about it. And then just everything else about it let me down. It was just so... Well, we've been through this before. We don't need to hash this out again. (laughs) Um, But it was a big letdown for me. Yeah. All right. The Sifty goes to four. Biggest letdown. I'll do mine first. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is my choice. Good call. As much as I hate Hereditary, I hate it more than Cloverfield Paradox. But as far as letting me down i'm mm-hmm. gonna have to go with cloverfield paradox that's a good choice and i i don't want know why i didn't even think about that that should have been on my list for sure yeah um that's a great choice uh let's check in with chat a little bit from some of the categories yeah uh, for most underrated thoroughbreds was mentioned have you seen thoroughbreds i really like thoroughbreds yeah it's really good well I think it's... really like as a stretch i liked thoroughbreds uh 22 july is um another one that is really underseen that is good uh and i think it's on netflix so you should be able to pick it up but it's a very powerful it's it's green grass doing that thing he did with united 93 taking yeah. a tragic horrible situation and you know putting you inside it in such an authentic way that you're living it and i know that sounds awful but it's also important for us to face those kind of things in our world and in our humanity and to see the positive things that that people can react and do in those circumstances so yeah um I think it's a great companion piece to United 93, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So It's a powerful movie. So, yeah. Uh, and then as far as um, letdowns. letdowns, Fantastic Beasts was mentioned. Hotel Artemis was mentioned. I thought a Hotel Artemis was okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. There was enough negative on it that I never got around to seeing it. Maybe that's um, what the thing was. Like, there was a, it's a giant, enormous, awesome cast, but... Uh, I heard a lot of bad about it, and then I watched it. I'm like, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beast, you know me. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Right. So I wasn't expecting much. So when the movie did turn out to be bad, I felt validated. Yeah. <laughs> so fair enough. Fair enough. If we had a most validated category of the year, uh, that would be my pick. Um, 
Let's do big. You know, most validated. That's a great, great. I'm gonna go ahead and throw one out. Uh, yeah. Bumblebee is makes me feel validated. I was pretty sure Bumblebee was gonna be good, and it was. Yeah. Um, that made me feel validated. All right, let's do biggest surprise. Yep. What was the movie you weren't? Uh, came out of nowhere and blew you away. Bumblebee. It's a good choice. Yeah. Definitely a good choice. The two because I thought you know with every single Transformers movie that came before that this was doomed for failure, even though Bay wasn't directing it. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised. It was fun. Um, I'm going to... The two that are not official nominees that I also had in here, uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. It's great. Have you seen it? So funny. It's so good. Um, I I think it's really impressive. And then Bad Times at the El Royale. I wasn't expecting a ton out of that, and it turned out to be really good as well. Um, But then my official nominee, as we head into the nominees, uh, I'm nominating uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You were surprised by that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a Sony Spider-Man movie? Like, you know, I like I just it, it just came out of nowhere for me. Okay. Now, I I get that people were saying they loved it before I saw it. So maybe my expectations did jump a little then, but if I'm going back to the point before anybody had seen it, yeah, I don't know that I was necessarily expecting much out of uh the Spider-Verse. I got gotcha. you. Uh what else you got for a nominee? Uh Tomb Raider. The That's fact that they actually made a good video game movie. I'm surprised. You know, not enough people are talking about Tomb Raider. I think Tomb Raider's pretty good. Alicia Vikander's great in it. She's an amazing Lara Croft. Yeah. Um, it's a fun movie. It's almost one of those movies that's like, wait, that happened this year? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it so came out at ago. the very beginning of the year, yeah. And not only that, but people quit talking about it almost immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just hasn't hung on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good choice. Uh, I'll throw out A Quiet Place. Oh, a- I knew that movie from a moment one that that movie was going to be incredible so that may be this may be an example of how trailer versus non-trailer is impacted in this category right yeah. because i knew nothing about a quiet place i heard just a, before i saw it i heard just a slight bit of buzz you know that it was impressive that it was good that kind of thing um but man it came out of nowhere for me so um the fact that you had seen trailers and even been more into that stuff probably yeah. gave you more of an understanding that you thought it you know was going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You got one more? Yeah, Aquaman. I was surprised by the fact that DC made another good movie. You know, because mm-hmm. I think to this point now I'm just going in expecting DC to let me down. <laughs> well, so, low, low expectations. You know, they can pay off yeah, sometimes. So I was surprised how much I really like this movie. Um, all right, uh, my final nominee is Game Night. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me and was was amazing. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest surprise of 2018? The Sifty goes to Aquaman. Aquaman gets the Sifty, and for me, I give it to Game Night. I love uh, that movie so much. Biggest surprise for me this year. Yeah. All right, let's move into the two big categories: Woo. performances and movies. Now, did we both do ten? Yes. Of each of these. All right. So we will just alternate on these, and these are in order. Yeah. Ten, so, ten, nine, nine, eight, eight. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to go in order on these. Um, so these are not nominees anymore. These are a list, uh, and we do not distinguish between female, male performances, supporting actors, or main actors. These are just the best performances of the year. That's how we like to do it. Yep. So. Um, we will go from number 10 and work our way to number one. Who you got? Sam Rockwell in Vice is my number 10. That's Bush. Yeah. W. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. Um, have you seen Vice yet? No, no, not yet. 
You should. I can't. I really want to talk to you about this movie. <laughs> and maybe, is it out yet? Oh yeah. Oh, it came out on Christmas. Yes. Didn't it? Yeah, it came out okay. on Christmas. Um, I think we may do Vice for our review next week. So I won't go into too much. You know, sure. Detail. Actually, next week we're doing mostly anticipated, but maybe we'll catch up on Vice the week after that, and maybe some of the ones we missed over, you know, Christmas. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on this, but I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it because there's a real split in the critic community and even in people who are now seeing it. Um, and I mean, like, way diverse opinions from this is awful, this movie is horrible. Uh, people on both sides of the like the political kind of ideals mm -hmm. there are people you know who are left-leaning who are like this makes him look too good there are people who are right-leaning it's like oh he's just a villain in this um and then there are people on the other side it's like this is great this is awesome i lean more towards the awesome i thought it was incredible um but uh, we'll get more into that but sam rockwell is really good in it nice well who's your number 10 john krasinski in a quiet place good choice that parental figure you know just Seeing this man just struggling and, you know, carrying these demons with him. And, oh man, the fact that him and Emily Blunt did what they did in that movie is, it speaks volumes to how good they are. I agree. Number nine. My number nine is Bradley Cooper from Star is Born. Nice. Um, I was really impressed with his performance here. It is a performance. I don't know that I've, I've seen him be good in stuff, but he's usually good as a type of Bradley Cooper. Yeah. He was not Bradley Cooper in this movie. He, he was the voice, the mannerisms, like you could tell he really worked on his character acting for this performance. And, um, he's, he's not Bradley Cooper. He is Jackson Maine in yeah. this, in this movie. And that's. I think really impressive. So he's my number nine. Nice. Who's yours? Ethan Hawke, first reformed. Good choice. Yep. Um, he's the only good thing about the movie, really. But the fact of how good he is that I still like the movie uh, speaks volumes to how impressive he is. So basically what you're saying is when it comes to first reformed, Ethan Hawke is pretty much all you liked about it. Pretty much. And yet you liked him so much that you actually liked the movie. Yeah. Right. See, because that's not always the case. Like, for instance, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, Rami Malek, you know, who I, I really liked and loved in Bohemian Rhapsody, but it didn't make the movie great for me. Yeah. You know, so that's that's impressive. That's saying something. It really is. Um, I have him a little higher in the list. And I'll talk about him probably a little bit more when we get there. Nice. Who you got? Uh, my number eight is Emily Blunt. Quiet Place. Cool. Um, I think her performance in that is astonishing. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me sad that more people are focusing on Mary Poppins, even though she's great in that, too. Yeah. Uh, because I really think this is the one she should be getting awards for. Yeah. Or at least being talked about as being nominated. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's an incredible performance. Number eight. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Beautiful yeah. boy. You probably have him a little higher. I do have him just a little bit higher, yeah. Yeah. But, wow. Uh, again... Uh, as much as I thought the movie was good, not to the caliber that a lot of people are holding it, performance-wise, he's knocking it out of the park in this one. Oh, yeah. Proving that he is a force, and for as young as he is, how old is he? I, he's like, in his early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. To think of what he could do with his future if he just keeps up this level of sure. performances. Yeah, he's great. I'm excited. He's very, very good. What would what did he do? Lesh? Call me by your name. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Well, and um, he was in, like, he's in every award bait movie last year. He was in uh, Lady Bird. 
oh, as yeah. well. I yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say every one, but well, he was in that, um, the one about Native Americans and, oh, was it, who was in that? Uh, host, hostels. Did you ever see Hostels? He was, oh, he was in for like three minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go back and like, well, he was in Hostels? And then, you know, oh, yeah, he's in the movie for like two minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, Chalamet's got a a past, present, and a future in the business. Nice. Who you got? For number seven. Or did you, do, what was your number eight? Uh, Emily Blunt, Quiet okay. Place. Number so number seven. S- number seven is Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Man, I need to see that movie. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it almost made my biggest surprise because I wasn't, you know, didn't really know much about it going into it. Yeah. Um, but it 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 was a good watch, a good story, and she's great in it. And in in this case, I also just want to emphasize: keep doing stuff like this. She's yeah. such a great actress, and I think she bogs herself down in a certain kind of movie that doesn't do as much service to her. Um, she's hilarious. I'm not saying don't do comedies anymore. Yeah. I'm just saying... Don't do comedies like that Muppet movie. Yeah. Don't do Happy Time Murders. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, Melissa McCarthy, I can forgive you for doing Happy Time Murders because you did this movie. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, it's your seven. Natalie Portman, Annihilation. Yeah. Good call. Ooh, yeah. Um, the movie itself is phenomenal. I love it. It's a trip and a half for sure. But Natalie Portman is able to bring a sense of believability to it for as, you know, insane as and horrifying as that bear scene is, mm-hmm. you know. But No, she's great in Annihilation. She kills it. Yeah, she's she's really good. And it's the first time we've mentioned Annihilation on this podcast. Yeah. And it definitely deserves some attention and some mentions. Um it's some great work there. I think more towards the end of that movie, there's the scene with her and this entity, I guess, without going into too many spoilers, mm-hmm. that really pushes like the best I've ever seen Natalie Portman perform. Sure. I don't know how good she is in like Vox Lux or anything like that. She's so. fine in Vox Lux. She's only in like the last half of it though. And what? Yeah. And the and, trailer, she's the only thing in it. Yeah, it's a very misleading trailer then. Um the the yeah. We're not ever going to review Vox Lux, and since I mentioned it and overrated, I will just say I, I didn't like it much at all. It starts with a scene that it does not earn. It starts with a school shooting scene. Yeah, I know is, the premise that, is like she's a school shooting survivor, and then she becomes mm-hmm. a music star because of it. The school shooting scene is brutal, Yeah, and it is rough. It is hard to watch, and the movie never earns it. Um, it never earns putting you through that. Uh, to learn something or feel something because the rest of the movie is almost all on the surface. And it's just, yeah, I didn't, I thought Vox Lux was, uh, Vox Lux was a huge miss. That's a shame. Um, are we ready for my number six? six. Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody comes in at number six for me. Noice. Um, loved his performance in this. Uh, he transformed uh, to be Freddie Mercury in this movie. And I always love when that happens. So I wish the movie around him was a little bit better for me. But I think he's phenomenal. Nice. Uh, you mentioned Bradley Cooper. I'm going to mention Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. Good. Wow. Um, I didn't know she could do this. You know, her action sure. chops are of the highest caliber, apparently. <laughs> and uh, that one movie moment with Shallows, you know, that just cemented it for me. She's great. She's so good. Yeah, she's great in that. Uh, up to number five. S- five. Yes, five is where I have Timothy Chalamet. Okay. For Beautiful Boy. 
Um, again, everything you mentioned is true. It's a phenomenal performance. Uh, I believed he was an addict. Um, so yes. many times I will see, even in, there's another addict movie out this year with Julia Roberts. Um, and, oh, what's, what's the guy's name? He's in several things too. Uh, Her Luke, son, Lucas Luke Hedges. Hedges. Yeah. Luke Hedges. Um, I didn't believe as much that he was an addict in that movie. And it's hard for me to put my finger on the difference. By the way, I will say that movie, which is not Beautiful Boy. It's another B movie. There's so many of them this year. Chalamet is a Beautiful Boy movie. Yeah. What What is What is the Julia Roberts movie? Something. Anyways, uh, that movie is fine. It's great. I enjoyed it. And Lucas Hedges' performance in it is great. But there's something that sh- about Chalamet in this movie where it's like, oh no, he's he's actually a drug addict. Yeah, I was literally going to say, I think he became a drug addict for this movie because like he it feels so authentic and so yeah. genuine. And I just I didn't have that level of believability with Lucas Hedges in the other movie yeah. as just as just a straight example. Um, so yeah, there's something he does that's just mind blowing to me. And I think he makes Carell better in that movie. Yeah. Carell's a great actor. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying Sh- Chalamet brings him up in that movie because of their scenes together. Really does. Um, so yeah, great performance. That's my number five. I'm going to go with Yalitza Aparicio for nice. Roma. I'm glad you did. I'm yeah. glad you did. She's so good. Yeah. Um, the subtlety yet speaking volumes through just her eyes you know it's such a powerful performance the scene in a hospital and scene on the beach you know just uh, a lot of people you know they're throwing out love for and granted he deserves it coron you know Mm -hmm. for how the way he shot this movie but i i i'm not hearing as much about her as i think she deserves for her first or second performance ever well i think it's her first i think i mean i think she was picked out of total obscurity basically yeah and the fact that she was able to do it is it's mind-blowing it really she's great. is great and she's i have had a chance to meet her um and she's one seems like a wonderful person very humble i mean i spoke to her through a translator but sure. um but yeah she's she's doing great work here and to be to be thrust into this like spotlight yeah from you know from where she was like i, I so much like respect yeah. for her to be able to do that so yeah I'm, I'm glad we mentioned her oh yeah uh number four olivia coleman the favorite oh man i need to see that movie okay coleman's good though she's amazing she's like she can win all the awards really she's she's that good like these top four performances for me are all mind-blowing to me um and it starts with olivia coleman chalamet is great 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 not quite up to that mind-blowing level and usually there's only one maybe two each year that i would kind of qualify in that way yeah and there's four this year and she is one of them um what she does she makes that movie for me um, and that's in a movie with Emma Stone and Rachel Vice, <laughs> and Rachel Vice um, who are great in that movie. Um, and those three together allow that movie to be something more than just Yargos Lathamos, who I don't jive with. Usually yeah. he has a, a weird perspective and but they didn't get, he do lobster. He did the lobster and he did <laughs> that's a weird movie. and did killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. Which I despise. Um, I think that movie is awful. Um <laughs> So to have a you know a movie from him come out and it be accessible to me because of those performances says a lot. 
Um, I also think he's doing better work here for me. Like he's connecting to me on like the director is on. Is a it more level. accessible than? Well, nothing is as unaccessible <laughs> as the lobster. Did you see Killing of a Sacred Deer? No, not yet. Okay. Um, yes, it is much more accessible than those movies, and a lot of it has to do with Olivia Coleman's performance. Their performances sell the anachronistic nature of a movie that is set in that time period that has breakdancing and, you know, turns of phrase that are more modern. Their performances somehow allow that to be acceptable and real to me. And Olivia Coleman is just the most interesting part of that for me. So awesome. So that's the favorite. Number four, I'm going to, this is where I have Emily Blunt in a quiet place. Good. Good choice. Uh, the uh, bathtub scene, you know, is just heart-wrenching and terrifying and tense. She is able to show, or I've never believed so much about a mother really just wanting to protect her kids as much. Sandra Bullock tried to do it in Bird, in Bird Box. You know, those movies mm-hmm. get compared. Uh, Understandably so. They're very sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that comparatively between Sandra and Emily, Emily is like on another level of like... In uh, these two movies specifically, protective mother, yeah, yeah. I think Emily, uh, Emily shines. Um, she's doing great work. Yeah. Uh, number three. Yep. This is where I have Charlize for Tully. A mind blowing performance. I just a transformative performance for her again. I believed she was this this mother, um, and I believed everything about what happened to her psychologically, about all the things she's going through. Um, I was floored by. Uh, Charlize Theron. I can't. Tully. I can't argue as much as I don't like the movie. She is so good in it. She yeah, really, really, really is. Good. What do you got at number three? This is where I have Rami. Um, he became Freddie Mercury, and I know like he's not really doing all the singing and stuff, but his mannerisms and yeah, he looks alike him. You know, with the makeup and everything, mm-hmm. but his posture and his demeanor and the way he carries himself, it it works. And like I said, I had him what at seven. Yeah. I think I had him in my seventh best performance of the year. And if if he had done the singing as well, he probably would have been my, my best performance of the year. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from him because it's a phenomenal performance. Um, but I also, and, and it probably also is a personal thing because my you friend know. is doing the singing. Yeah. And so there, and I'm just, I'm being honest about my possible subconscious biases. This is not a conscious thing. But it is very possible that because I want my friend to be recognized more for that performance, yeah, I want to take a little bit away subconsciously from from Rami, and I shouldn't do that. And if that's happening sub- subconsciously, I apologize. I don't. I'm trying. You know, I don't think it is necessarily. Sure. Um, but man, he is really good, and I totally understand the love he's getting for that performance. Yep. Who's your number two? This is where I have Ethan Hawke. Wow. First reformed. Yeah. Um. He blew me away in that movie. Yeah. I didn't know he had this level. And and I've seen him do great work before. Yeah. Like lots of great work before. He's a great actor. He's been in many of my favorite movies of all time. No, this is his best performance of oh, his career. It I, really I just, is. I was blown away to watch him internally deal with the process of, un, of and just in over the topic of, you know, environmental nihilism, you know, basically, yeah. or nihilism, however you want to pronounce it. You know, just this idea of, is there something, you know, worth fighting for? Or have we already destroyed the world too much? You know, is like, it was just fascinating to me to watch him as this priest 
struggle with his faith and struggle with, you know, understanding how it related to the world and what was important to him. Um, and then just the process of where this movie goes and where it takes him and his ability to go there with the movie uh, was just fascinating to me. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Who you got at number two? I hate Hereditary, but Tony Collette is crazy I, good. I want, she is really good in that. She did her, her in uh, Yelitz, is it Yelitzio? Yelitza? I didn't like him. No, no, no. The I'm, son? I, no, no, I'm talking about Roma. You already talked about Oh, to, oh, uh, Yelitza Aparicio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the two I felt the worst leaving off my performances list because they're both really great performances. Yeah. One in a movie I really loved. Yeah. And one in a movie I really didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, she's really good. She is the shining light in a cesspool of bad. Mm-hmm. But man, that is one bright light because <laughs> she's crazy good in that she's, movie you believe it man you just believe she's going through all of it yeah in the things she's going through and to make that believe you know i mentioned ethan hawk going being able to go where the movie wants to take him mm-hmm. which is not always easy to do for actors and actresses tony collette is is going where this movie wants to take her and i just i I don't understand how she was able to do it if everybody else in that movie was on the same level as her i might have liked the movie yeah but they're not no she is, i don't i don't think that even all, all the performances could have saved that movie for me yeah. i think the whole the whole structure and story of that movie makes anyhow that's yeah. not that's not what this is about no it's not this is about performances and, and i want to know who Collette. your number one performance of 2018 is aaron dicer and the sifty for best performance of 2018 for me goes to christian bale i was curious uh he's that good he is. Um, I think Christian Bale may be the greatest actor of his generation. Uh, and that is against some pretty stiff competition. But time and time again, he transforms into a new person. Um, I I am almost willing to put him up there with Daniel Day-Lewis now. Wow. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, I know Vice isn't this you know resounding hit. And... People aren't talking about it that way, but I I don't know how you could watch his performance in this and go and not and not have your mind blown. He's Dick Cheney. He's he turns into Dick Cheney. Yeah. I, have you seen Christian Bale? He doesn't look like Dick Cheney. No. He doesn't talk like Dick Cheney. He doesn't act like Dick Cheney. <laughs> but he became Dick Cheney. <laughs> how does that How does that happen? Oh man. You watch this movie and I, I just I I'm just blown away. And he's just, you know, I saw somebody uh, post uh, comparison photos of, you know, the different body transformations he's done in different movies, you know, like The Machinist where he was like 80 pounds, pounds. yeah, skin and bones. And you've got the Dark Knight movies where he's buff and, you know, ripped. And did you know that he filmed The Machinist, I think, like five months before he did um, it was either American Psycho or uh well, he's pretty skinny American Psycho, too. Yeah, but he went from like that to Batman in pretty quickly. Like, very quickly. Well, and then you've got the fighter in there. And you <sighs> see fighter's him, so good. I wanted to watch that last night, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And you look at him in the fighter, and you go, that's a totally different person. And I'm just like, Bale's the the man. And then you, you the can prestige. go... Prestige. You can go back to Swing Kids and Newsies and... <laughs> <laughs> How did he look so young? How did he do that? How did he do it? <laughs> No, I'm serious, man. I cannot wait for you to to watch. I don't know that you'll have the same reaction as me, but um, 
I just I I I turned that movie off the screener off and I was just like I he's 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 arrived like he has ascended. Um, it was so. It was this that is impressive his to best, me. best performance? Uh, you think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and again, that's a lot of great performances. But yeah. he, I, I have no idea how he became Dick Cheney like this. So I'm excited to see it. There you go. But my number one. Yeah, the sifty goes to Sam Elliott, Stars Born. I, I had a feeling you were going with Sam. I don't know why. Does it all come down to that one moment backing out in the truck? That's that's not even my favorite Sam Elliott moment in that movie. It's a great moment, but it's the uh, confronting Bradley Cooper about the farm and stuff like that, and uh, the burial and stuff like that. It's just the fact that for decades, literally decades, we've seen Sam Elliott as one guy. We've seen him as the rough-and-tumble, grizzle, grizzled cowboy. He's... Showing a level of vulnerability in this movie that I didn't expect or would even consider him ever doing, but the fact that he does it and he pulls it off in such a way is so impressive to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Good choice. Well, congratulations to the Sifty winners and the best performances. Um, You will be uh, receiving your golden shovel if we ever actually make them. Yeah. And figure out how to get it to you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Feel uh, free to send us your address. <laughs> that's and right. We'll... Send us a P.O. box. Yeah. And we we will send you a golden shovel. Um, all right. Uh, let's do the top 10 movies of the year. Uh, and then this will bridge us into our big award for Sip Pop Movie of the Year. Yep. Um, we'll go from number 10 to number one. Uh, I think I started with performances. So why don't you start with movies? What you got at number 10? Spooderman into the Spooderverse. <laughs> I believe you mean Spider Man. Oh, okay. I must, must have misread it. I actually had that a little bit higher in my top 10. That's so, exciting. Yeah, it's such a great movie. It really is so funny. It's saw, so funny. Have you seen it again? No. I've seen it twice now. Did the effects the graphical effects bother you You remember what i said earlier about how flaws aren't distracting to you the second time around yeah it's true here as well um i was able much more to sit back and enjoy the movie and not be distracted by them i will say however when they're visual effects like that they're still a little bit distracting yeah um and and because they're constant they're harder to ignore and i still don't understand some of those choices i see like, like, it doesn't make sense why I, I get the animation choice like i get to make it look like a comic book when you zoom in the little dots like i get that stuff and i guess there is a comic book effect like in some old comic books or different comic books where stuff does kind of seem like it's almost 3d you know offset kind of thing yeah i guess that is a comic book thing in some places but it just it it makes everything in the background and sides feel blurry and out of focus and it it, it is distracting but second time through i was not as distracted by it and was able to even more enjoy the things that i love about the movie super sweet number 10 for you mr dicer paddington 2 wow that's really down on my list (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you like do you, it. Do you know Paddington 2 is one of only a few movies that has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes this year? That's insane. It's uh, it that is, and Black Panther, I think. Um, I don't think I don't think I I think it's the I think it's the one with the most reviews that has 100%. Once you start getting up to ones that everybody's reviewing, yeah, it's a lot harder because people like to play contrarian. There are people on Rotten Tomatoes who I don't understand who specifically give negative reviews just so something won't have 100%. 
Like they feel like that's their job or something. I don't get that. I don't understand that. But uh, but I did love Paddington too. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, it's not a surprise. It plays into all my optimistic tendencies. Yep. Um, it is. It's not dark and gritty enough for me. <laughs> that's right. I'm there's there's prison, man. How does it get more dark than prison? He made marmalade with Brendan Gleeson <laughs> in prison, and they wore pink prison uniforms. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Uh, it comes in at number 10 for me. What do you got at number 9? Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, nice. I was surprised that a documentary cracked my top 10, but wow, this is a documentary it's and great, a half. Great year for documentaries, too. Did you see uh, Three Identical Strangers? I still want to see that so bad because that's such a fascinating story. Free Solo? Did you see Free Solo? No, not yet. Uh, Free Solo's phenomenal. Um, there's a fourth. There, there are four amazing documentaries this year, and I, I'm totally blanking on the the fourth one. Um, but anyways, great year for documentaries. Yeah, year number nine. Number nine for me is Black Panther. Okay, that's, that's where I have Black it's Panther. So close to making my top ten. It yeah. was so close. It was twelve. So phenomenal movie. Yep. Uh, I'm glad we haven't forgotten about it because uh, it happened a long time ago. Yep. Um, I think Ryan Coogler is a genius. Uh, he and Damien Chazelle, I mean, most people know this, uh, Coogler and Chazelle are my current undefeateds, and I'm excited to watch everything they ever make. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think it's ph- phenomenal stuff. It somehow manages it to be a completely authentic part of the Marvel Universe, and yet still be 100%, 100% completely authentic to the culture that it needs you know, to be. So, um Man, I just I love what that movie stands for. I love the representation angle of it. I love everything. So, Black Panther, super sweet. Uh, number so number eight. eight, first man. Good Even choice. though I wasn't, you know, all up on Ryan Gosling as most people were, that can't take away from the tension, the claustrophobic, the unabashed peril that these guys put themselves through for a cause greater than itself than I, themselves. I feel like and it, it, it's much higher up on my list. I feel like first man is one of those movies that if we want to sit down and talk about it and you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. Like I get some movies don't connect with you. I feel like it's hard to, if you're paying attention, not realize it's a technical masterpiece. Like the work that, that he did on that movie is insane. The score is incredible. You know what I mean? Like just the, every piece of that movie is so meticulous and beautiful. And, um, yeah, I think, it, it definitely again. I'm. I just mentioned Coogler and Chazelle, and that's Chazelle. So, yeah. um, I I I really think he's he and Coogler are going to be the ones to watch. What impresses me about it is the the Chazelle side of it is the fact that you look at Whiplash and you look at La La Land and how these three movies couldn't be more different. Right. Granted, Whiplash and La La Land are kind of musical esque, you know, mm-hmm. La La Land more so. But this is totally different from either of those movies. The style of camera choice that they chose, you know, is so different. Yeah. It's it's of its time it feels. It feels yeah. old. Yeah. The movie feels old. Yeah. What's your number seven? My number seven is another movie that starts with first, First Reformed. Um, that's where I ended up having that movie. I, we've already talked about it when we talked about the performance, but yep. I, I do think it's phenomenally made and took me to some places I didn't realize uh, it was going to take me. And anytime a movie, you, you'll notice when I talk about my favorite movies of the year, one of the things that's always going to move movies up on that list and give them that little extra oomph to be in my top ten 
is when they mean something to me. Yeah. And the idea of the way First Reform talks about faith and struggling with faith and all that kind of stuff is very powerful, very interesting, and worth exploring. And uh, I loved that. So that's in at my number seven. Super good. Number six. Roma. Good. It's the, it's a bit higher for me, but yeah. I know it's way higher for you. <laughs> it's number six, and it's still way higher for you. Um, wow. It's Coral. Yeah. What can you say about a movie that's so subtle and gets so intentional? And it's just a person. It's a people story. It's a human story, you know? Yeah. But it it grabs you, and it holds you, and... Watching you gush about this movie, was it last week or the week before when think, we talked about it? I don't it? even, I think it was last week. But man, you you t- you mentioned so many things that I looked back, like hidden meanings, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. And then it's just so incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the type of movie you feel like a second watch is going to do anything for you. You know, like you feel like you get it, but it is because it's so meticulous um, I just, I, I was even more in awe the second time I watched it and all those things and all those touches. And he's just, he's an artist. He's, he's a master. Um, he is a storyteller and he puts all of those things together in a really interesting way. The only, the only hit I've seen on Roma has a little bit to do with, um, the, the plot that the, there's not much plot to it. Like, you know, what are we seeing actually happen? I actually take a little bit of issue with that, obviously, because I love the movie and I do think there is a story here and a plot here about her and what she's how she's growing. I think the transformation is very clear when you start thinking about the the symbolism. It is it is a movie about what it means to be a mother. It is a movie about what it means to be a caretaker and a movie that understands that those lines are more blurry than we all you know, choose to realize sometimes. Yeah. And this movie in the end has something very special to say about her journey from understanding um, that she actually was mother to these children. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Coron saying something very deep and meaningful too about his this, caretaker, his caretaker who is his mother in some way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it, it's just, I, I find it fascinating and beautiful and meaningful and, and all those kind of things, as will be uh, evident as we continue up the list. Your number seven. My number seven is that's where Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse landed for me. Super sweet. Um, wait, no, no, sorry. Uh, I I jumped ahead for some reason. Uh, number seven is uh, Infinity War. That's where Infinity War landed for me. Okay. Uh, I love Infinity War. I'm sure you have it higher. Um, yeah. So, but it it is it is one of those movies where. It's hard for me to separate the experience of the movie and just kind of the general, is this a good movie? From the experience of the buildup and the larger universe and all that stuff and to understand how much to weigh those things. As far as just this movie, it's a great movie, like a really great movie. When you weigh in all the Marvel stuff and the level of difficulty, that's what I should say. It's a level of difficulty aspect that I'm trying to figure out how to weigh. I think it jumps up because it's unbelievable that they pulled this off, that they've managed to do. And and unbelievable that we're talking about it with a kind of a part one movie that we're we're lauding in such a a big way. It's a complete movie. It's a complete movie, but it is a part one type of movie, you know? And so... When, when you think about it in that respect, you're going, like, 
It's just genius. Yeah. Well done. Well played. So, yeah, I loved Infinity War. In game better deliver, that's all I got to say. I mean, almost how can I mean, how would it not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'd really have to drop the ball. They've they've set up they've set up the dominoes so well that it would be really surprising if one of them didn't fall correctly. Yeah. So, number 6. Yep. Incredibles 2. We talked about the Jack Jack scene. We mm-hmm. talked about the split stretch bike and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a fascinating plot about, you know, parental roles, you know, and how the movie feels like how many years, what, 11 years, something like that between the first Incredibles and this one? Something it's longer than that, isn't Was it? Was it? I, I can't remember how long, but. Well, but I think Incredibles was 2005, wasn't it? Sure. So uh, like 2004. So, so 14, 15. So yeah, 14 years. Yeah. The fact that this feels just, it picks up. Not just the story picks up immediately, but it feels like it makes it feel like that first Incredibles movie wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Because it just feels like a natural, like everybody sounds the same, you know? It just, it works. I love it. And the plot's really fun. I love it. Yeah. And it's it's the longest Pixar movie and yet you don't feel it because it's just carrying you along perfectly. Yeah. Um, I want to watch it again really bad. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit higher on my list. So um, this is Spider-Man. No, actually, this is Quiet Place. This is where I had Quiet Place. Wow. At number, uh, what is this? Six. six. Yeah. At number six is where I had Quiet Place. Uh, like I said, uh, one of my biggest surprises of the year. Thought it was amazing. Um, it's It is a lesson in tension. It almost feels like Hitchcock could have directed it. You know, it's that well directed intention um, areas. So, yeah, great suspense movie. Yep. Or fine horror movie. You can call it whatever you want. I don't care. I'm just saying it's a great movie. Yep. Uh, my number five. Yeah. A little quiet place. So <laughs> I'm just going to continue everything. The fact that John Krasinski is able to perform as well as he does, but also direct as well as he does. Gets me excited for the possibility of him just selecting, like, mm-hmm. if he's not focused on acting as well, to see what he could do if he just was behind the camera the entire time, what he could do. Yeah. I'm really curious now. Because, man, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good Oh, it's such a good movie. You're number five. That's where I have Spider-Man. Spider moon Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I really did like it that much. Um, you will notice I haven't mentioned Incredibles 2 yet. Uh, so I, you know, I did like in the battle of which is the best animated movie of the year. It's, you know, they're a lot closer than I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, I th- actually, we both have Incredibles 2 higher than Into the Spider-Verse, don't we? Yep. But it's really close. And I did not expect that. And uh, it's it's just that good. Watching it the second time, uh, I'm even more impressed at the amount of information that they give you without feeling overly expositional. You know, they make all the exposition so fun so interesting and so much part of the cleverness of the movie that it doesn't feel like work at all yeah so good stuff uh number four number four mission impossible fallout nice wow best uh mission impossible movie easily yeah easily and the fact that like after like ghost protocol i i was surprised i'd ever say that or the first Mission Impossible. Yeah. But what a movie. Yeah, it's great. It's not only a good Mission Impossible movie, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. The stunts are remarkable. The story is fascinating. The performances are great. It's just a good movie that I've seen 
a lot. <laughs> um, our, you know, our top tens are pretty similar. Uh, you've already mentioned everything else on my list. So uh, I have at number four, Incredibles 2. That's where Incredibles 2 landed for me. Okay. As much as I love this movie, uh, as great as it is, it is just as much a shock to to me as it is to you that there are three movies that I liked more this year. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Knowing Aaron, there's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's phenomenal, and we've kind of covered it in many, many different ways. So. I didn't know Pixar came out with four movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, yeah. So let's head on to uh, number three. Stars Born. And it's funny because I said I love this movie, but I never want to see it again. Yeah. Because it's it gets a little real, you know, yeah. especially towards the end. And uh, uh, Sam Elliott, I can't... I've said enough about the guy and how much I love that performance mm-hmm. from Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um, it's a roller coaster of a movie. Performances. Uh, wow. Yeah. Great music. I get it. Uh, it will be in it will be in my top forty one when I do my fave forty one. Uh, but it did not make my top ten. Okay. Uh, and most of that has to do with uh, what I think is a weaker second half than I was hoping for. Um, is it because the shallows being so good? <laughs> I think that has an impact on it. I really do. I think it just peaked early, yeah. you know, and so I, I found myself a little bit uh, unimpressed. Is probably too strong of a word, but just a, a little bit out of it a couple times in the second half. Yeah. Um, my number three is Mission Impossible Fallout. Ooh. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is definitely a multiple watchings kind of thing. With a lot of these movies, they move around, you know, based. When I watched Mission Impossible again, um, I've watched it twice uh, since since the initial. Uh, it it just it, I don't I, it may be in the conversation for best action movie ever. Like it is just so Good. great. Yeah. Um. Just the expertise McQuarrie is is putting on the screen here, and the uh the dedication that Cruz is putting on the screen here. I you know I feel like one of the biggest. Um, I'm going to use the word crimes, too strong of a word, but one of the biggest crimes of this award season is that Mission Impossible isn't getting considered for, and we didn't put him in there either, but Tom Cruise for best actor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why is it that much different for, you know, Christian Bale for the transformation to Dick Cheney and the the work he put into that or Rami Malek and the work he put into being like Freddie Mercury? Why is that so much different than Tom Cruise and the work he put into the stunts that he did in this movie? Yeah. Why is that that much different? That's a great point. Uh, It's really a good point. The dedication it takes to do what he did is very similar to the dedication to do what they did. Yeah. Um, And I, I think he should at least be in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think McQuarrie should be in the conversation for best director. Easily. Um, so, like, um, I, I just, I'm very impressed with this movie and it just keeps getting better. Now, you remember earlier whenever we were doing movie moments and I said I could only pick one per movie? Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there's still so many amazing. The bathroom fight, the, yeah. the, uh, the para jump scene where yeah. it, uh, there's so many. The helicopter chase, the, the, um, the underwater. Oh, truck. whenever the truck is falling yeah. and the water is yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a cool effect. Yeah. The the finale, it just keeps getting, like, it just keeps amping up and up. And, like, it's like, how how much more exciting can this get? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, this is a thoroughly impressive movie. Yeah. Uh, that was my number three. So what do you got at number two? 
Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, but number two. Yep. Uh, I have made my bias of my love for Queen well known, <laughs> and I think that that definitely does play a huge role in sure. this. For the fact that the whole Live Aid thing at the end was as, you know, spot on as it was, definitely plays a huge factor. Sure. Rami Malik is amazing, or Rami Malik, sorry. And uh, all the other people were, it was crazy how much they looked mm-hmm. like Queen. I think the chemistry between everybody worked really well, too. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that. Uh, my number two is First Man. Yep. It's a good one. I am so happy to see the reverse backlash that's starting to happen on Twitter. More and more people uh, saying it you know, deserves another look. Uh, they are 100% correct. It is... Uh, in my opinion, a masterpiece. I, you know, I've already talked a lot about this in this this episode, so I'm I'm not going to keep going on. In fact, I gushed over it when you mentioned it, so I don't have a necessarily a lot to say other than, man, what a genius! <laughs> and the sifty for best movie of the year, according to Andrew. No surprise, Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't say enough good things about it, and I'm not saying that it's it's not only my favorite movie of the year i i honestly do think it is the best movie of the year which are two different things yes they are two different things and i know a lot of people could be confused by me saying this it is my favorite movie of the year but it's also what i consider to be the best movie of the year Mm. the fact that they were to get a cast this size of such diverse characters and have a cohesive story that was funny, traumatic, tense, exciting, adrenaline rush. The mm-hmm. fact that they were able to culminate all of that into one movie that is not as long as you'd think with a movie like this. And the fact that they made it work is a testament. And it's also just a blast. It is definitely a blast. Uh, yeah. It's so much fun it's a to watch. Moon blast. Uh, <laughs> I totally get your love. Uh, I'm right there with you. It is. It is wonderful. Again, it you know made my top ten. I think that means six of our movies were. We had six of the same movies on our. top. Did you have Quiet Place on yours anyway? Yeah, it was number five. Well, there you go. Um, that that actually means my. And by the way, I'll just say it. Even though I've continued to gush about it, and I think everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, Roma is my number one. Yeah. Um, I think it is. I, I think it is both my favorite and best movie of the year, just like like you yeah. said, uh, in that way. But because of that, that means my top seven all were on your list. In your top ten, seventy percent of our list was the same, just in different places. So, oh, oh, you know what's crazy is, okay, so First Man, Roma, Incredibles yep. Two, Quiet Place, Fallout, uh, Avengers, and Spooder Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I mean that's something right. And what's crazy is this is an amazing year for movies. Yeah. If we were going just past the top ten, right? And I'd go all the way. I'd even say to like the top twenty five are really good it's, movies. I think overall it is the best Fave Forty One I've already done. I've ever done, and I've been doing this for ten years now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my first Fave Forty One was in uh, two thousand and eight. I believe, and uh, and yeah, this this is the the best overall. Like my number forty one is the best movie a number forty one has has ever been. I think that's so, awesome. Um, and a few I may shift a few things around in there, but I've, I'm pretty sure I've got my list. 
Um, all right, so there are our sifties. We will go on now to the big award. Yep. This is the Sift Pop movie of the year. This is the official movie of the year according to Sift Pop. Are we doing the five? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a bunch. Okay. Here's here's how here's how this works. I told you I'd give you a little insight to the quote unquote algorithm. Yeah. It's just some very simple math. Uh, all of your gurus, your Sift Pop gurus gave their five favorite films in order for the year. So they ranked them five to number one. I was so thrilled to see how many different movies people had in their top five. Yeah. And I think it speaks greatly to what we were talking about with so many great, you know, movies coming out this year. I love the perspective of all these different views. I love that some of some of our gurus don't watch as many films as some of our other gurus. I think that's valuable because I think that speaks more to kind of a, a more normal or average, you know, moviegoer. moviegoer, you know, who's going to experience things. So I love all of that. Uh, so basically, number five is worth one point and number one is worth five points. Cool. And it just goes that way, right? If a movie ties with their point total, the movie that wins is the movie who has more gurus that have put it in their top five. So, for instance, if two movies have 14 points, but one of them has five gurus that mentioned it and the other one has four, the one with five gurus is ranked ahead. Gotcha. Makes sense? If they are still tied after that, whoever has the highest ranking from a guru will be placed first. So, for instance, if they have 14 and both of them have four, but one of them has a number one and the highest the other one was was number two, the one that had a number one will be ranked higher. I'm assuming that's had to have happened. It has. It has. For you to even mention it. So. <laughs> Indeed, it has. Uh, here are the shout outs. These are movies that only one guru mentioned. Okay. But I want to shout them out because it was important enough to somebody to put it in their top five. Yeah. So we should shout it out. Uh, Assassination Nation. The Death of Stalin, uh, which is a great movie. And while we're seeing Hotel Artemis was given a shout out hey. by one of the gurus uh, at a number five. And by the way, I'm going in order with these. These are all were just mentioned at number five on people's lists. Okay. Uh, the Endless. Have you seen The Endless? It sounds familiar. I made sure I watched it because enough people had mentioned it to me. It's really worth watching. It's a very interesting sci-fi um, kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I think it gets a lot of attention, too, because it was done by these, um, I think they're brothers, the two guys. <gasps> oh, uh, I really wanted to see that. Yeah. So um, it's like they they go back to the cult that they used to be a part of. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, these movies all got a shout out at number four on somebody's list. Suspiria. OK. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Came in at number four for somebody. Sweet. Glad to see that. Crazy Rich Asians, which we haven't talked about oh, really at man. all. Yeah. So, I should have like at least mentioned. uh I almost mentioned the Mahjong, the Mahjong moment in Movie Moments of the Year. Yeah. It was one of my favorites. Um, Mary Poppins Returns was mentioned at number four. Got a shout out. Uh, Springsteen on Broadway, uh, which I think is on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Was somebody's number four. Uh, these were all shouted out at number three. Okay. Uh, Upgrade was somebody's number three movie of the year. Interesting. Uh, Sorry to Bother You was somebody's number three movie of the year. <laughs> the Old Man and the Gun mentioned as well. Um, Minding the Gap, that was the other documentary I was trying to think of. Oh, okay. That's worth a mention. Uh, that was somebody's number three. Blind Spotting was somebody's number three movie of the year. Uh, these were all shouted out at number two. These were only mentioned by one guru, but they had them all the way up at their second favorite movie of the year. Okay. The Tale, um, which I think is, I mean, it counts. It's definitely counts for awards and all those kind of things, but I don't know that it had a theatrical release. 
Um, I can't remember what platform you can see that on, um, but that's the um, uh, Laura Dern uh, child abuse oh, movie. It's a tough watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough watch, but it is phenomenal. Isn't that HBO? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think okay. it's an HBO movie. I think it is. I think you're right about that. Um, that was mentioned at somebody's number two movie of the year. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. You were the only one to mention it. <laughs> it was your number two. Fair enough. Uh, Mandy was somebody's number two. I knew it was going to be on somebody's <laughs> list. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, and I have not seen this, but the person who mentioned it swears it's great. It was their number two movie of the year. I don't even know what it is. Okay. Disney's Zombies. What? Disney Zombies. I just, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Uh, and then this was shouted out only once, but it was somebody's number one movie of the year. Tully was somebody's favorite movie of the year. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, so those are the shout outs. Now we'll go with the ones that were mentioned by more than one person coming in, uh, down the list with three different gurus mentioning it, but all of them putting it in fifth was game night. So, uh, then we move up to, uh, was, did game night make your top 10? No. Okay. No. Uh, very close though. Okay. It's such a great movie. Such a great movie. Uh, you were never really here. Two gurus had it on there and I got a total of four points. And now we'll move on to the top 18 movies of the year. According to our Sif pop gurus tied in 18th place, Isle of dogs nice. in searching. Uh, both came in at 18th place uh, with a total of five points. Uh, in at number 17, Annihilation came Good. in at 17. Uh, got three gurus in their top five for a total of five points. Uh, in at number 16, Incredibles 2 at number 16. It made the top five of three wow. different gurus. That's really Total of six low. points. Uh, and then number 15, well, it just kind of speaks again to the amazingness the of this year. Yeah, the variety. Number 15, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Nice. At number 15. Uh, only mentioned by two gurus, but somebody had it at number one. Uh, and so it uh, had seven points. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in at number 14. Really interesting because five different gurus had it on their list, but it only had a total of seven points. Uh, so most of them had it right around number five. Okay. Um, and so it came in at number 14. Uh, number 13, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Nice. Uh, two people. That makes me happy. Including one person who had it as their favorite movie of the year. I get uh, that. So it had eight points. Number 12, Widows. Came in at number 12. Have you seen Widows yet? Not yet. That might be another one we want to talk about eventually. Um, it had three gurus put it on their list. Had a total of eight points. Uh, in at number 11, Roma came in at number 11. I'm surprised it's not higher. Only two gurus had was it on their list. Um, you didn't have it in your top five. Didn't I? Or was it like number six? Or yeah, six? I think it was down. It was in your top 10, but not in your top five. That's a shame. Well, and that kind of speaks to, you know, the kind of the equation and how things work. But I think it's fair. I think it works. Both people who had it in their top five had it at number one. So me and one other person, it was our favorite movie of the year. Uh, and so that got 10 points. Uh, in at number 10, we are now into the top 10, Eighth Grade, which we haven't talked about really at all. Bo Burnham. It's so good. It's a great movie, and it's well worth being here. Three different gurus had it, and including one person who had it as their favorite of the year, uh, and that puts it with 11 points. Uh, number nine, Hereditary. 
<laughs> See? People love this movie. Uh, but honestly, this is what I love, again, about our gurus. We have different perspectives. We see things differently. It's not just the two of us in this room. We're going to have to fire some gurus. <laughs> One person had it as their favorite movie of the year. Another person had it as their second favorite movie of the year. Another person had it as their fourth favorite movie of the year, totaling 11 points. Uh, number eight, The Favorite, comes in at number eight. Man, I want to see this movie. Three different three different gurus had it on their list. Two of them their favorite movie of the year. One of them their second favorite movie of the year. So the people who love this love, love this it. movie. And uh, that is represented here. 14 points in at number eight. Uh, first Man with 14 points just above there because it had four gurus that mentioned First Man uh, in their list, uh, including one who had it as their favorite movie of the year. Um, so that is at number seven. Number six, another movie we haven't talked about. In fact, the last movie we haven't even talked about this episode in the highest rank that we didn't talk about. Black Klansman. We didn't really mention Black Klansman so far. Uh, five different gurus had it on their list, including somebody who it was their favorite movie of the year. Um, and so that had 14 points. Top five, number five. Okay. Star is Born. Wow. 17 points, five different gurus, including one person who had it as their favorite of the year. Uh, number four, this is interesting. Number four Sif Pop movie of the year. Uh, nine different gurus had it on their list. It is the most of any movie that was mentioned. And it's at number four because most of them had it a little bit lower. One, Only one of those nine had it as their favorite movie of the year. Can I guess? And most of the rest of them had it at four or five. Sure, go ahead. It's a fallout? No. Oh, okay. It's a quiet place. Oh, yay. That makes me so happy. Quiet Place is in at number four with 23 points. I was really hoping that would be in the top five. 23 points, nine different gurus. Uh, in fact, I think, yeah, there is one. there is one more movie that had eight gurus. Uh, the next two movies had six different gurus mention it. In at third place, Black Panther comes in at number three. Sweet. Um, two people, it was their favorite movie of the year. Uh, no, three people had it as their favorite movie of the year. Uh, totals 24 points. Uh, number two is Infinity War. <gasps> Six people had it on their list. Three of them had it as their favorite movie of the year, mm -hmm. uh, including you. Yep. Three of them had it as their second favorite movie of the year, giving a total of 27 points. And with one more point than that, 28 points, the Sif Pop. Movie of the year is Mission Impossible Fallout. Congratulations. I mean, I can't argue with it. No. It's a good movie. No, I think it's the perfect choice. I get to the end of this math every year. And I'm like, yeah, that's the perfect choice. Yeah. Like, that's, like, either though neither one of us had it as our number one. Yeah. That is the Sif Pop movie of the year. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, eight people mentioned it. It was only one person's favorite movie of the year. Three people's second favorite movie of the year, three people's third favorite movie of the year, and one person's fourth. It was favorite. your third and my fourth, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So we're we're both in there, and it makes sense with us even too. Like if we were picking ours, it is the one that was you closest, know the closest yeah. for both of us. So yeah. it it makes the most sense. Uh, so again, congratulations to Quis Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, if you want to send us your PO box, we'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get you a golden shovel and cruise. Man, you just keep doing that stuff. Just don't do more mummy movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You can do more mummy movies if you want. You never know. The next one might be good. Yeah. 
Uh, so there you go. The Sif Pop movie of the year is Mission Impossible Fallout by one point over Avengers Infinity War. Uh, those top four were all really close. Uh, thank you to the gurus yes. uh, for being a part of Sif Pop and uh, looking forward to uh, more and more contributions from all of you throughout the year. Again, if you want to see a list of those, you can check out my Twitter uh, or check out the new website once we've got it going in live in 2019. Uh, there it is. We did it. Another year of movies, Andrew. Huzzah. Congratulations. Man, what a good year. Yeah. I just need to reiterate that this was a good year, and there's still so many movies I have yet to actually finish, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, award season is just crushing, you know, my free time right now. <laughs> Not to the extent of you, obviously. But. Well, mine's kind of in the past. I, mean, I, I haven't really been all that busy watching movies the last couple of weeks. Mine's all front-loaded to our nominations, so I've, you know, I had to squeeze it in before that. That's true, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I've, wa- I've watched, since I got my nominations in, I've watched about five more movies, and they were all ones I didn't feel like I had to watch before I got my nominations in, um, and they've, they've been different levels of okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that is it. The Sif Pop Movie Awards 2018 in the can. Good job, Aaron. Good job, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player of choice. Huge thanks to my buddy Andrew for coming by again this week. Well, thank you, buddy. Do, anything you want to plug, mention, send people to? Head over to me on them internets at Flick Freaks on all them social medias. I'm sure you'll find me somewhere saying something to make somebody mad. Because <laughs> that's what that's my favorite pastime. Okay, I wondered if that was your actual purpose yeah. in, the, in doing those things. Uh, you can find me trying to make people happy on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, is why we work so well together, Aaron. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can search for Aaron Dicer, my name, and you'll find me at most of the socials. Uh, much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support will be directly helping Sif Pop expand in 2019 to some fun new areas. You can find out all the information and give now at patreon.com slash Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Uh, please go to iTunes, give us a rating and a comment. That's actually a really big way people can find out what goes on here. So if you wouldn't mind hitting up iTunes and doing an iTunes rating, that would be awesome. We'd appreciate that. You can also email us with any of your feedback at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than winning your first Sifty. Uh, we were, we're actually going to do some spoiler chat on Bandersnatch this week. So that should be in your podcast feed next. And then we'll be back next week to do our most anticipated movies of 2019. Oh, 19. You emailed me 2017. (laughs) Did I? So I was just going to write down my top, you know, favorite films of 2017. Oh, it's me living in the past, man. Living in the past. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 